Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. This is Kaylee, and I'm so grateful to have you tuning in. On today's episode, we are joined by special guest Tammy Sugar. Tammy is the founder of the I Am Worth It Project. She is an entrepreneur, author, TEDx speaker, and your six-figure-plus business and life strategist who challenges you to look within yourself to discover who and what you can be turning possibilities into realities. So yay, thank you so much for being here, Tammy. I like that last part too, that possibilities into reality. I'm actually working on writing a book and it's about women and their relationship with money. And this weekend I was on that chapter. Um, it's all about the possibilities. So I feel like this is so relevant to, to what I'm sort of delving into as well. Um, so again, yes, thank you so much for joining us, Tammy. And I guess just to get started, can you share a little, little bit about your background and journey to what brought you to where you are today? Sure. So I always say I did literally work my way up from the stockroom floor to the boardroom table. I, uh, against what the world says is having the right qualifications. So I started off as a teenage mom. I dropped out of high school and I was married into a very chaotic marriage before I was even old enough to vote. Um, so I really, uh, know that anything is possible because if you can start from where I did and end up where I am now, um, I know that any woman can go after their dreams and achieve them. So uh, I had a great corporate career, spent 19 years at Costco, which I loved, and then uh, decided, like a lot of women do, hey, is this all they're going to be for me? And I decided to make a big leap and I ended up at this startup company that was converting waste energy into usable electricity. So completely different from Costco. And the CEO hired me after uh, six interviews because I didn't have a human resource degree and they were looking for a human resource manager. But I finally convinced him that he would never make a mistake by hiring me because I always delivered, which was true. And so he hired me and it was the best experience I ever had because it put me plunk center into my uh, biggest beliefs that were really holding me back from my greatest potential. And that was that I wasn't as smart as other people. And in this company, everybody had letters behind their name up to and including a rocket scientist. And I grew to be wow. <laughs> yeah, a rocket scientist and I grew <laughs> administrative officer. And that's really where, you know, the I Am Worth It project came from because at 53, I realized that I didn't believe in my own worthiness and how that was impacting my life. Yes, I love that. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, the I Am Worth It project? What is that? What does it entail? Um, yeah. So, you know, after, I guess, almost 30 years now of leading and coaching and mentoring thousands and thousands of people, including women, I realized that 
there are some unique uh, differences and obstacles that women face in the business environment. And it's often overlooked or called something out else. We have a tendency as women to make up new names for things that help us feel better. Uh, we say the imposter syndrome, really that sense of not feeling worthy. And it came to me uh, in a conversation, I was heading in for a raise review at the power company. I was a C-suite executive and the president, who was a great guy, by the way, I was making more money than me, even though we delivered, I actually believe I delivered more than him. And I was on the phone with my son and I said to him, you know, here's my strategy. This is what I'm going to do. I was finally going to ask for uh, a raise that was equal to the president. And just as we hung up, my son said to me, mom, it's not that uh, they don't value you. It's that you don't value yourself. And it was in that moment that it just hit me that I didn't believe I was worthy. And because I didn't believe that, I was always accepting what was offered. I was never asking for what I wanted. I wasn't speaking up for myself. So sometimes we confuse, we think we're going to get worthy when we get more success. But that really wasn't the case because I had achieved a lot of success. But when you're worthy, not only can your dreams be bigger, but success can be way more fun. And it was in that moment when I went in to ask for that raise and I was terrified, <laughs> right? Because I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be a bag lady. They're going to fire me. So these were all the thoughts I was having. Even though I had contributed so much to that company, I was still having these thoughts. And uh, the CEO, of course, was surprised um, that I had actually asked for more. And he said, I'll have to think about it. And when I went back, he gave me more than I even asked for. And in that moment, I realized, listen, how much, how much of my dreams, my money, opportunity had left on the table. And I decided that I was going to quit my job, my cushy job, as my son likes to say, <laughs> and go follow my destiny. Because I really believed, you know, if I could do this, I could do anything. And so everything I teach at the I Am Worth It Project is a combination of worthiness but business strategy, because I believe that women should be worthy and wealthy. Yeah. I love that. And the, I mean, I think so many women can relate to what you just described. Like I know me personally, absolutely like that fear of asking for a raise, but what do you suggest? Like you, you described in there, it's the whole, you know, we think we're going to feel that way once we've achieved the success, but it's not necessarily that, that way how can we then like be in that, be in that knowing of, you know, what our worth is, what we deserve and still have those conversations. So not be in the position yet, but get to the point where we, you know, we know that, that we can ask for that and that we can achieve that. Yeah. So there's two parts to that. The number one mistake women do make though, is they don't ask, right? Like it's, it's incredible to me still to this day. But there's two components to that, Kaylee. And the first one is, is that, you know, when we, and it's the foundation of everything I teach, when we realize that this constant feeling, I'm not good enough, smart enough, thin enough, all these kinds of enoughs, our worthiness is fundamentally made up of our beliefs. And most of our beliefs, we are decided for us because it's Dr. Bruce Lipton writes that, um, as a child, when we're born up until we're about eight years old, we're like in a hypnotic trance. So all our beliefs are just directly downloaded from the people around us. The problem with that is we don't have critical thinking skills, right? And then we go to school, which is a breeding ground for false beliefs. You know, I'm, I, 
good at math, but I can't read or I'm, you know, I'm quiet I, or I'm a troublemaker. And then we have this belief about what our right path to success is that's learned from our family. And so we pile these all together in this backpack that we take into adulthood and we decide that's who we are. And so our beliefs drive our feeling of being good enough. And problem is a belief is just something you decide it, even if you didn't have control over is true. So when we can realize that we really already are good enough and there's a common human experience that we all go through that drives this constant thoughts that we're not good enough, right? But then secondly, there's actual tools that you can use that we don't teach people in education, right? Like, first of all, if you're gonna ask for a raise, you need to start, we have make a mistake as women, we go in with feelings, not facts. Right. So we're operating always on these feelings, which there's nothing wrong with having feelings, but business is about facts. And if you're sitting in front of a, a you know, your, your manager, you should be able to say what you have contributed to the business, but we don't like to do it because then that's tooting our own horn or, you know, being conceited. So the very first thing I always suggest to women to do, and it's amazing the transformation is to start a success journal. And every day I do it to this day, because some days as an entrepreneur, you need it more, <laughs> is write down what you achieved that day and be really specific. You know, I did five sales calls and I closed three of them today. So I added this much to my revenue or to the revenue of the company, or I generated this much profit or I saved. And when you go in for a raise, I've sat in thousands of them. And of those, on, I could count on my one hand, the amount of people who actually came in prepared to talk about facts, and not feeling. So it's two, you learn that what we believe is this lack of worthiness is just our brain gone wild. And when we can learn to manage that and then create some success rituals, it makes all the difference. Yes. So that success journal, such a good idea, like having a separate journal for that, because then you're preparing at all times for these conversations, yes. right? Like, so when you go in there, it's not like, oh, you have to rack your brain or go back through your emails or, you know, do all the work, but you have this whole journal. I love that idea. So yeah. listeners get a success journal That's started. Right. I love that. And then yeah. that tip number one is that we just don't ask. So also we have to be asking where it's, you know, there's not mind readers out there. They don't know how we're feeling <laughs> and thinking. So yeah. I know for me, it's always, I had this, um, a, my one friend and she was always my big supporter and always was kind of pushing me and getting me there. So it's almost like she was that, that mentor, that yeah. person that, um, in my life that was getting me to ask, I don't know if I would have without her kind of pushing me along too and, and motivating me to do that. So, yeah. um, make sure we are asking. I love that. Um, so when we talk about, like, for me, what comes up too is, I work in a very male dominated industry and um, how do we talk about these subjects? Cause sometimes I bring it up and it doesn't seem like it's necessarily well-received. I don't know if that's how I'm interpreting it or what, but I find sometimes as women, if we're wanting, you know, to really stand up and be empowered with other women and, and support other women, sometimes, like you said, maybe it's that tuning your own horn or whatever it is. Like, sometimes does it feel like, it feels like you're being, you don't want to be like, I guess, seen as, um, you know, 
uh, like too much of like a bossy person or too much of like, you know, going the other way and saying that we don't respect men by saying these things. Like it's not in any way that I'm trying to, you know, disregard men and the work they do, but in roles where it's very male dominated, you know, things are different for us. Our experiences are different. And sometimes it's almost like they're taking, people take offense when we talk about it. So do you like have ideas for how we can go about the conversations? I sure do. So, I I mean, I spent uh, as a manager from Costco on being um, mostly the, almost only the only woman in the room. I, I, I like to tell the story about when the president of the power company invited us to the YPO, so the Young President's Organization, which I had never been to before, but there was an event there. And there, I don't know, maybe five or 600 people in the room and we went and some speakers were on and then they had a break. And so there was myself and another one of the executives there, women, there was men too, but we headed out to the restroom. Well, we all know what happens at the restroom when you're a woman. So we were trying to get out of the room early thinking, oh my God, there's gonna be this lineup. And I got there and there was a lineup for the men's washroom. And in that moment, it just was so clear to me, oh, this is like Tammy. Oh my God, there's like, there's no women here because there's nobody to go into the restroom. But here's the thing. There's two ways we can look at dealing with when you're in a male dominated environment. And believe me, when I was in the corporate environment, there were so many things that would go through my head like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be part of this boys club, but I've got to try and fit in. And But what I realized is that we have two choices. We can either wait for, you know, the top down. So the governments, the companies to change, men to change, and they really don't even need to because they are who they are. And, you know, having a son who is part sometimes of my business make, allows me to look at it differently because sometimes he'll say, oh, I didn't even think about that. So, but when you empower yourself, let's start with that. When you empower yourself, that's number one, through resetting those beliefs that you have about what's right and what's wrong. Because as women, we have a lot of false beliefs about how we should be (laughs) and what we should say and how we should ask. And, and, And we have beliefs that men mostly don't carry. Because if I'm in a group of men, And I'm talking about money and closing contracts and stuff like that. We're not talking about, oh, well, let's not say money, but let's say abundance, right? Or, no, I really need to sell this with love, right? And relationships. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because there's not, Kaylee. But as women, we've created this whole separate language so that we can not feel ashamed about asking for what, what you should be doing in business right? Business is about creating wealth, right? So it's twofold. One, you have to reset the beliefs you have because a lot of what we are thinking about what other people are thinking about us, first of all, who cares, right? Because if you live your life based on what you think other people are thinking, that's not good. Number two, once you've done that, you have to use business skills. Women do not have strategic business skills, And so they don't have the strategy that is, and I love strategy, right? The strategy that comes into planning out how to ask for what you want, planning out how to be in that room. Really, I I teach master the art of the meeting, and it really is about going into a room and taking control because meetings are how we conduct business. And it doesn't necessarily just happen in a boardroom, right? But when you know exactly how to prepare and the tools to use, you can keep anybody in line. 
like our CEO at the power company, bless him because he was brilliant, but I think most entrepreneurs, I'm saying that about myself, but are, are that fine line between uh, brilliance and crazy, right? So you really needed to have tools to balance him, right? And so for me, and what I want to teach other women, don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about how they react to you. Don't worry about empowering yourself and learning tools. You know that over 75% of people have never been trained how to conduct a successful meeting. It's like, it's almost like crazy to me that people don't get taught how to close and strategize to a yes. But as women, we need to stand up and say, we want to be wealthy. We're worthy of that wealth. And in order to do that, like I'm not gonna use a second language so that I can not feel ashamed or that other women aren't looking at me. And when we do, when we stand up and we say, you know what? Yeah, I wanna earn money. And yes, I wanna know about finances and I wanna understand what it is gonna take me to take care of myself. Then we're not gonna be saying to each other, oh, should I really say that? So I think it is resetting those beliefs, but you have to know how to strategically go in and ask for what you want and to manage people, not just men, because sometimes it's women, right? In a room. Yeah. And you, you alluded to this too. And um, in our first conversation, you talked about it, but that um, women saying things like, I love money and using the word money, like you were saying in some of your um, <laughs> seminars or sessions, how women don't say that. Can you share a little bit more about that? Totally. So I, I just thought it's funny because I I'm my mastermind runs on Tuesday and we just had that session where, um, so we're doing Zoom, obviously we're doing virtual right now, um, but I'll go, I love money. And then I'll see their faces and they're looking at me and they don't know exactly what they should think of me now. Cause they kind of liked me before, but now is she crazy? Is she all about money? Like, is she still a nice person? And so I'll start bringing that up and I'll say, well, what are you thinking about me right now? because I want to bust down those beliefs because if they have it about me, they have it about themselves. And so when I explain to them that money is not bad, money is not bad. You didn't invent money, right? Not none of us that are alive right now invented that piece of paper or those coins, right? So it's not that money is bad. Our beliefs about money, most of which we're unaware of, right? That is what is bad for us because it holds us back from, from achieving the wealth we can. And there is a distinct difference between the way I will say most men, because not all men, I've had men clients, you know, in my consulting business between what men talk about, how men talk about money and how women talk about money. But I'll tell you, by the time we're done that section on money, they're like, I love money, right? Because first we'll try the They'll try the word cards on me. Oh, well, no, it's not money. I want to be abundant, right? But I, I just really want women, if you're listening right now, if you can't say the word money, how are you going to get money? And if you have to use the word abundant instead of money, that means there's something shameful about money, you know, because that's what I tell them. I, I always use the story about my grandchildren and when I'm out with them and they'll say, did you hear that person? He just said that word, you know, grandma, that bad word, it starts with an F, right? So of course, that's a shameful word. So you can't say it. It's the same thing with money or selling, right? If you can't say the word money, um, and you're not surrounding yourself with women who want to talk about money without making it a shaming topic. That's why so many women are broke. Yeah. 
So we have to get used to saying the word money. Let's say yeah. money. Let's say I love, love money. money. Yes. <laughs> because there's nothing, there is nothing wrong with money. Money doesn't make you a bad person. Money doesn't make you evil. It's it really money, that actual money, which we exchange for something that we value. First of all, it keeps the economy rolling. We need, listen, money might not be everything, but money is something. Money is something. And money for women, especially is freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. Freedom and like security. I think that's a big one that rings true to me when I think of money, like the values deep inside of what that is. And it's yeah, having security. Um, so, you know, you're going to be okay and yeah, freedom to do what you want to do. So, um, I love that. So we need to be saying we love money. I love Um, money. Yeah. And I think too, like what you've already talked about is that it starts out really early. So I think some of these are, you know, reasons we're not saying money or thinking it's not allowed is these early money stories. Like when we're kids and what we hear our parents say, so we've almost just, like you said, we don't have the ability to critically think. So we're taking on these things that our parents were telling us about money. We grow up and we still have those things inside of us. And if we don't stop and just go, wait a minute, is this my belief or is it someone else's? Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and we don't, we don't open up that backpack. We just, we just go most of us for our entire life. And then that's just who we are. Right. And I see it so clearly in my grandchildren um, because I'm, I'm present as a parent, it was hard to be present. My children would tell you that, right. (laughs) Different with my grandchildren, but I see it in them, you know, where they'll come and they'll say uh, their, their beliefs around money, because, you know, they're a family they struggle for money sometimes. Right. And they'll say, Oh, you know, grandma, you shouldn't waste that. Or you shouldn't throw that out. I'm like, what, (laughs) you know? And so we'll have conversations about money and I'll talk to them that, you know, first of all, money isn't bad. You can't be good uh, or you can't be bad with money. You're either good at spending it or good at saving it. Really, that's the bottom line. If you're good at saving it, sometimes it's good to spend some more. But if you're good at spending it, you've got to go find a way to earn more money, right? So, but we take these beliefs and most of them are unaware. But what we don't realize is our beliefs drive our behaviors. They drive our decision-making They keep us living small and mostly we're unaware. This is the, you know, I wasn't going through my entire life thinking, oh, I'm not that smart because I didn't graduate high school. Obviously it was an overarching belief, but what would happen is it drove every decision I would make. I didn't want to speak up because I thought, what would I know? You know, so I worked probably a hundred times as hard as I had to, to be successful um, because I was constantly trying to prove my worthiness. Yeah. Yeah. I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank, well, yeah, that all makes sense. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I think a lot of women can relate to that. And so it is a matter of sometimes just stopping and thinking about where is this coming from? You know, is it serving me? Um, is it really true and actually breaking it down? Those are um, great questions. Those are great questions. And just as a quick tip for that, when you want to find your hidden sneaky beliefs, Judgment is your friend. So we're getting told, don't be a judger, stop judging. And there's all these books and podcasts and everything about how not to judge. But in reality, when you're judging, there's a difference that you're seeing either externally um, or internally when we're judging ourselves between what you see and what you believe. So judgment is a great tool 
to identify some of those beliefs. So if you're watching, you know, we're talking about money today. If you're watching someone spend or judging their spending, you have a belief about it. And exactly what you just said there is the questions you need to ask yourself. Is this still true? Like, is this, do I still believe this? Because often we're like, actually, I don't even believe that anymore, right? But it's still niggling there. So delete. But if it is still true, is it helping you live to your highest uh, version of who you want to be. Because if it's not, you can also uh, delete that, right? And how you delete it is every time it comes up, you just say no, and you replace it with a new belief, right? Like, I love money. <laughs> yeah. So judge yeah. your friend when it comes to helping you identify those beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And just replacing it. Like, I think it was probably a book I read or something, but it was yeah, how women judge. So it's like, maybe you see someone driving a really nice car and you're like, oh, that person is, yeah. you know, wasteful with their money or whatever, like yeah, stopping exactly. at that moment. Yeah. And then replacing it with like, you know, good for them and they must work really hard and, yeah. or, you know, they must be successful and yeah, be proud of their accomplishments or whatever we can say that's more of a positive. Cause then we're giving ourselves that opportunity too to have these things if it's if you find it's probably you know if it's things you want in your own life as well um I was gonna comment too so I saw an article recently and it talked about COVID and how um it's impacting obviously it's very much impacted the workforce but it talked about how it's impacting women more so than men because of the nature of the jobs that people are losing but also because um if people have to return you know home to take care of children if they don't have childcare, things like that so then you know basically it was talking about that we have the potential to wipe out the progress women have made um because obviously we're still not as you know um equal earners to men so that kind of alarmed me seeing that and hearing that do you have any comments on that or or what are your thoughts about something like that well it's definitely we've all been through a unique situation where we've been basically thrown very hard out of our comfort zone because it's something that we've never experienced and it's really tested our uh, sense of security for ourselves and our family and our sense of freedom, a whole bunch of different things, right? But especially for women, and I can relate to that because my grandson will say about my daughter who spends a lot of time, you know, even though she works full-time in their, in their company business, helping them now with homeschool. So I always encourage women this, that, and, and I'll say this to my daughter, you know, I get it because I was a parent and I came from a parent who loved their children and she did everything. My mom did everything for us. And um, often to uh, put herself at the very end, actually, she never really got to the front of the line in her entire life. And at the end of her life, she did tell me that she did regret that. And she told me, Tammy, you need to not do that. So when we give everything to everybody else, we have nothing left for ourselves. So self-care is not selfish, but I want you to imagine what version of yourself are you giving when uh, you're not taking care of yourself? So when women have all these responsibilities, their instinct, their instinct is to give to everybody else and get their value from putting themselves last, right? And it's not want you to remember this is all stuff that isn't necessary we're not necessarily thinking about it it's just happening like the iceberg so when you're struggling with homeschool and jobs and, and and job security the best thing you can do is to take some time in the morning to create a, a routine of success for yourself and give yourself that time if it means getting up early 
And it's simple things that you can do to create some self-care for you because you can't make decisions when you are just totally spent. And most of the women that I have met and worked with through uh, what we've been going through with some of my clients, when I, when I first got to them, they're just totally overwhelmed. It's too much, right? And you can't get out of that overwhelmed unless you have some simple techniques and you give yourself, I mean, it can be as little as 15 minutes a day in the morning to really set yourself up to be more successful and take care of yourself. Yeah. And you, um, one thing too, that we chat about, I think maybe it's come out on your, um, Instagram or some of the stuff I was watching, but that worthiness tank, is that kind of related to that and us not filling up our worthiness tanks? Totally is. And, and, you know, we're, we're not really taught of there's what I love about the human experience is that as human beings and our brains are amazing personal computers. And as we've advanced as, as human beings and in society, we're more and more seeing the value um, and the power of our, our brain. And but we don't get taught it. You know, we learn it if we're, I had an interest in it, which is why I'm so fascinated about it. And the main thing about our brains is it has the ability to create routines that we can start and then our brain will take over for us. And the worthiness comes from being aware, right? When you're aware and then people say, well, how am I going to, I mean, how, I used to think that to myself too. Well, how can I be aware? I am aware. I'm thinking, right? But the awareness doesn't come by telling yourself to be aware, which is something I tried or telling yourself to meditate or, you know, because then it just gets more and more crazy. You know, I have a simple three-step process that I do every day and I teach, you know, the women that I work with. And, and number one is you need to have a sense of accomplishment every day. It's the most common human need. There's a Harvard study on it. And, and we wait magically for, you know, is today going to be the day that I get to the end of my day? I'm like, oh, I'm brilliant. No, you, you actually create it. And the simplest way is to, is to have the three things you're going to get done every day. And depending on where you are in your life or your business, I'll say to some women, hey, just say, brush, I'm going to brush my hair. I'm going to walk five minutes and I'm going to drink one glass of water. It could be as simple as that because at the beginning, it's not about what you're going to accomplish. It's that you accomplish it. Because if you can go check, 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 that feeling of accomplishment, first of all, it's going to carry and create a snowball momentum, but it does something in your brain. It creates the momentum for you to move forward when you feel like you've, you've got something accomplished and you look at the world and the people around you differently when you do that, when you can feel accomplished. Secondly, is that, um, you know, you have to have some kind of mantra that you say to yourself. So my favorite one for me, I have two. So when I open up my eyes, I've trained myself to, uh, my first thought always is, oh my God, I'm alive. I have hope, you know? And, and so that helps me want to get out of bed, right? So I don't like hit snooze or anything. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm alive. This is great. And it's, and I want, you know, the simplest things, they sound so insignificant, but when you repeat them over and over, they have huge uh, impact. And, and finally, you know, the biggest mantra that I say to myself every day is that every day is bursting with opportunity, right? And when I wake up and I know that I'm worthy and the way you get more worthy is by deleting these beliefs 
and telling yourself, I am worthy, right? So we think we have no control of this stuff. But when, when I say to women, so have you ever been inspired to do something, start a diet, get a new job, start a business? And then before you know it, there's this waterfall of negative thoughts saying, who do you think you are? And you can't do that. You don't have the skill. You don't have the money. You don't have the education. So we retreat. Most of us re retreat. And when we do, that creates a sense of failure for us. And that's why women will say, I'm a quitter. This is the common things I hear. I'm a quitter. I'm a failure. I start things, but I never finish. Right? I can't just seem to gain traction. But Honestly, that's not true because you're not a quitter. You're not a failure. You don't lack willpower. Whenever we step outside of our comfort zone, our brain is trained and wired to protect us. So it sends us into this common human experience of our brain on change. So there really is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, except you need to know how to manage your brain. And when you can recognize those thoughts are not true because they still happen to me and I've Listen, I have accomplished a lot and I will toot my own horn because that's what I want all the women to do. I mean, seriously, I, 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 sometimes I look back and I think I can't believe it. But every time I go to a new level of something new, I'll think to myself, should I really be doing this? I'm a high school dropout, right? But I now know this isn't me. This isn't about Tammy, who I am and what I'm capable of. It's my brain on change. So I start telling it, sorry, that's not true because I can do this. And that's why the success journal as, as I kind of circle back to that is so important because all I have to do is I open it up. I'm like, oh my God, look what I did. Look what I did. Because you can't, our brains like to remember the bad things, right? So you need to, like worthiness is a lifestyle. Worthiness is a lifestyle. It's not a one-off. You practice routines and rituals that, Cement your worthiness every single day. But I'll tell you, it's the best gift you could give yourself um, because when you're worthy, nothing is impossible. No dream is, is too big. No obstacle is too large um, because you just believe you can do it. Yeah, thank you. And those are great tips. Can we return to, so you mentioned at the beginning or kind of, um, yeah, near the beginning, we were talking about meetings and um, maybe that women don't go in there with a strategy. Is there a few tips that you can give to us as well for meetings? Totally. Yeah. So number one, listen, the agenda, whether you just scribble it on a piece of paper like this, the agenda is like the best way to control a meeting and people don't use it. Like it's surprising to me. So First of all, having an agenda, because, you know, especially as women, because we lean towards feelings, even I do, right? An agenda is facts. It helps keep you, keep you in the facts. So you have on your agenda exactly what you want to talk about, right? And what your goal is. I love to host meetings because I like to have the control of the meeting because then it doesn't matter who's in the room because I'm in charge, right? And I get to set the tone. So, so number one, have an agenda. When you walk into a meeting, first of all, always be prepared when you go into a meeting. There is no such thing as a coffee meeting or a, there isn't, there's not those kinds of meetings. If you, you know, we have a choice. Do we want to expedite our success? Which is, listen, I worked hard to get mine and now I'm all about expediting. How do I, can I do it faster? And can I show people how to, women how to do it faster? So have an agenda have a goal and always use a parking lot. And when you sit down, you announce this, you say, 
Hey, thanks for coming to the meeting. Our goal for today, and a goal is something specific that you, so not let's just discuss, but I uh, want all of you to agree to uh, increasing our budget by 5%, right? You know, and then you say to them, now, if we're gonna, anything comes up that's off topic, I'd certainly wanna answer you, but we can't do it in this meeting because we don't have enough time. So I'm gonna create a parking lot. And so then when you get like, I like Bossy Bruce or Irvin the Interrupter, those ones that like to jump in and, and, and throw their weight around, you can say, hey, you can't do that, but let me put it in the parking lot because I really wanna answer you. And what happens is the reason why this will fail is the same thing about raising children. If you want children to do something, you have to be consistent, right? And you have to do it over and over again. Same thing in a meeting. If you've got a bossy Bruce that you're dealing with, well, bossy Bruce is going to be a little taken aback the first time. But when you do it over and over, not only will bossy Bruce feel compelled to comply, he will then get peer pressure to do it, right? So it's all about learning how to manage the people. So have an agenda, have a parking lot. And you know what? Don't worry about trying to be like the men or using their techniques or strategies because there's some things we can learn for them, like about talking about money and stuff like that. But you just need to be you. And when you use an agenda, it takes away the emotions, right? I can remember trying to go into some meetings and I'd be thinking, because I'd be from not speaking up, which is another sign of a low worthiness tank, right? And I'd be like, oh, I just want to hurt that person. And what would happen? I'd start crying in the meeting. And I'd say to myself on the way, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. So then of course I'd start crying. And then of course the, the man, rightfully so really, is looking at you like, oh my God, now what do I do, right? Because it's emotions. And then somebody's telling you, because you can't be too emotional. When you are, emotions are running at the surface, it means you're not speaking up. So if you're going to a meeting, you need to have an agenda. Don't even worry about getting a template, but write it down on a piece of paper and then stick to your agenda. Okay, those are good tips. I like it. Yeah. So that's going to, yeah, and keeps things on track. You know what you want to talk about. Um, yeah, and it's just that showing up prepared because a lot of people aren't. So if you're the person in the room that is, it just goes a long way. Yeah, and the perception of you changes because now this isn't about feelings. This is about facts because I'm a business woman and I'm here to do business. Yes, okay. Yeah, I love that. So those are fabulous tips. Let's start using those. We can do them over Zoom too. It's still That's possible. Exactly right, yeah. Um, so just in the sake of time, um, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about or we missed or um, before we wrap up here? I guess for me with this audience, Kaylee, I just really want to share the value of understanding money. And that, listen, none of us, including me, right? If I had to go back right now into a big company and review profit and loss and all these different things, I would have to have somebody sit me down and walk me through it again. So never be embarrassed for what you don't know, because you'd be surprised at how many people don't know, right? So when you don't know something, that's not something to be embarrassed about. That's something to say, hey, I'm ready because knowledge is power, especially about money. So if you're not understanding your RSPs, if you're not understanding how to, you know, create that retirement income, 
first of all, I love money. So you want to have it, right? Then go and, and learn about it. But don't be, there is no shame in not knowing. Like let all the shame go. And my secret to success, my biggest secret is that I've never been afraid to go to somebody who's ahead of me and say, hey, could you help me? Or I don't really understand that because that was the big advantage, I guess, I had of having to learn, I guess, the, the, the hard school way or the old school way was that I really had to go to people and I had to ask them, could you explain this to me? I couldn't afford to be embarrassed that I didn't understand something because I needed to know that. So don't let shame, because it's not even real, right, prevent you from getting the help you need to make sure you understand your own wealth. Wealth is freedom, not just freedom to do what you want, but freedom to not be in situations that you don't want to be in. And so it's twofold. It's not to be where you don't want to be, but also to move forward into what you want to do. So ditch the shame. It's not worth it. Yeah, I love that tip because... Um, it's what I talk about with people every day. I work primarily with women and um, women do sometimes are very hesitant to ask. And I always just at the get go say, ask, keep asking, ask again and again and again until it makes sense. Like, yeah, I think that it's there's no such thing as a dumb question. And if you don't get it right away, it's just like any concept. Like oftentimes I remember in math, it was like a concept you might not get right off the bat. And then if they explain it a different way or give a different example, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I get it. So yes. we like keep asking until you get to that moment of, oh, okay, that makes yes. sense. Yeah. Um, so true. yeah. Um, so yeah. Any, and how can re- listeners um, reach out to you and find you, Tammy? So you can uh, definitely uh, find me at my website. So I am, I am, I am worth it project.com. And you can find me also on Facebook at I am worth it project. And on Instagram at I am worth it project and on LinkedIn at Tammy uh, Sugar. So S-H-E-R-G-E-R. So, but everything's on um, my uh, website as well. I am worth it project.com. And you said that you have, like, do you do, you have event space and things like that? Is that up and running again yet? Or how does that look? So it's definitely open. I do some smaller uh, events for just people that I know. It's a little bit of a, for me to do my live events right now, um, I think with, you know, with though there's though the mask mandate is not so much inside the event, I think people it's just not the same experience. But I do host um, some of my corporate clients. I'll do they'll do their corporate strategy and stuff like that. So it's definitely open. I'm here at the studio home of transformation for women. So, yes, it's still available for use and it just depends on the on the group. But I'm not back to my live events uh, as of yet. Um, but I, I do hope that that's coming in the future because I miss people. Yes. And you said you have a goal of reaching, was it 100,000 women then, right? That is correct. 100,000 women in three years. So I am um, just launched uh, a lot of my programs that were outside of my live events because obviously I transitioned in March. So I've been going now for about three months, but I have a three-year plan to, to reach 100,000 women. And uh you know what, here's what I, I guess what I would want to leave every woman with. And, and this is a, the advantage of age, uh, which I love, I have to tell you, is that in hindsight, it's so easy to see that all of the dreams that I thought were impossible. So the ones that I actually had were like so possible. They were actually easy. 
And then there was all these other dreams that I didn't even know would be possible for what I believed I was, which was, you know, a teenage mom, a high school dropout, um, you know, but they're, they're all there. So all of these things that I have done now, this is what I love about this. This was all dreams I didn't even have. I didn't even think I could do this, like, you know, be an author, a TEDx speaker, any of this stuff. So I would encourage you to every day, if you want to just do one thing, tell yourself you're worthy and your dreams. I'm going to tell you, you have dreams waiting for you when you can step into your full sense of worthiness that you can't even imagine because they're too big. And so your mind can't wrap, your brain can't wrap around it. So I just want you to know that no matter what you believe you've done in the past, even if it's a mistake, or sometimes even right now, how bleak the future might look, that you are so worthy. You are so worthy and you are so capable. And there's only one missing ingredient. And it's those tiny little insignificant actions that you take every day that are going to lead you to your biggest success. And the best thing you can do is find a mentor. If you want to learn something, go find somebody who's done it. It's the fastest way to success. Yes. Yeah, I love that. So yes, everyone, and let's get your goal of a hundred thousand women. So let's reach lots of women with this podcast too. Um, That's right. I am worth it. Yes. Thank you so much, Tammy. That was a great chat. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing. Those are so many, so many good tips and just the end end note of following our dreams and knowing it's possible and really stepping into our worthiness. Thank you so much, Kaylee. It was a blessing to be able to talk to you today. Thank you. Thanks. And bye for now, everyone. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.